Did you know that thyroid nodules can be palpated in 5% of healthy adults and are more common in women? Even more significant is that 50% of adults are found to have incidental thyroid nodules on imaging studies done for other reasons. There are several etiologies that can lead to thyroid nodules. The good news is that 85-90% to of thyroid nodules are benign. However, that leaves 10-15% to of thyroid nodules to be malignant. So, what happens when a patient is found to have a new palpable thyroid nodule on physical examination or an incidental nodule that's reported on a recent imaging study? Most of these studies, including CT scans, neck ultrasounds, or MRIs, are done for another medical reason and can be difficult to interpret. It is our job as physicians to determine when these nodules possess the risk to be thyroid cancer or are just a benign nodule. Today, our patient has a thyroid nodule, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, A Bump in the Road, Approaching the Thyroid Nodule. Time for our minute physiology. Thyrotropin-releasing hormone, TRH, is released from the hypothalamus and acts on the anterior pituitary gland to secrete thyroid-stimulating hormone, TSH. TSH acts on the thyroid follicular cells to produce thyroid hormones triiodothyronine, T3, and thyroxine, T4. A negative feedback loop acts on the hypothalamus-pituitary-thyroid axis to regulate the production of thyroid hormone according to metabolic needs. The underlying pathophysiology of a thyroid nodule is dependent on its etiology. A multinodular coiter is a thyroid gland that is enlarged with several small nodules on it. These nodules can be hypercellular, hyperplastic, or cystic in nature, and are most likely caused by local growth factors or cytokines. One or more of these nodules can be functional, resulting in overproduction of thyroid hormones. A functioning nodule, or toxic adenoma, refers to a solitary nodule that is overproducing thyroid hormones, resulting in clinical or biochemical hyperthyroidism. In this case, mutations have caused upregulation of the TSH receptor, which has enhanced the proliferation of thyroid follicular cells, and therefore the production of thyroid hormones. Functioning nodules are almost always benign, and less than 5% are malignant. Non-functioning nodules can be benign or malignant. Benign nodules are hyperplastic in nature and contain a mix of cellular and cystic contents and are described as spongiform in nature. Alternatively, some non-functioning nodules are benign follicular adenomas. Malignant thyroid cancers are classified as papillary thyroid cancer, follicular thyroid cancer, medullary thyroid cancer, or anaplastic thyroid cancer. Approximately 80-85% to of thyroid cancer is papillary thyroid cancer, PTC, which is considered the most common endocrine malignancy. When approaching a patient with a thyroid nodule, first assess for signs of airway obstruction including strider, hoarseness of voice, and dyspnea. When you have determined they are stable, you can assess for signs of thyroid dysfunction and any suspicious features or risk factors for thyroid cancer. Ask about hyperthyroid symptoms that can indicate a functioning nodule including intolerance to heat, palpitations, anxiety, fatigue, 
mood changes, tremor, weight loss, hair thinning, warm or moist skin, and new onset of diarrhea. For female patients, make sure to ask about amenorrhea or changes to their menstrual cycle. For those with known thyroid disease, ask when their last checkup occurred and if they have had any surgeries or treatments in the past. Since the most important diagnosis to rule out in non-functioning nodules is thyroid cancer, ask about known risk factors, including a history of head and neck or whole body radiation before age 18, a history of exposure to ionizing radiation, for example, nuclear accidents such as Chernobyl, age less than 20 or greater than 65 years, a rapidly enlarging thyroid nodule, male gender, a family history of papillary thyroid cancer in two or more first-degree relatives, a family history of multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2, men 2, or other genetic syndromes associated with thyroid cancer, such as Cowden syndrome, familial polyposis, Carney complex, or PTN hamartoma tumor, vocal cord paralysis or hoarseness of voice, cervical lymphadenopathy, or a thyroid nodule that is fixed to surrounding structures. Moving on to the physical exam, it is important to assess for both clinical signs of thyroid disease, as well as examining the thyroid gland itself and cervical lymph nodes. On inspection, assess for a tremor, impaired concentration, dysphonia, broken or brittle nails, and thinning or brittle hair. An eye exam is integral to look for evidence of periorbital edema, lid leg, lid retraction, or Graves eye disease, exothalamus, ophthalmoplegia, and chemosis. Evaluate for warm, moist skin, tachycardia, hyperreflexia, and muscle weakness as signs of hyperthyroidism. On thyroid examination, palpate each lobe separately. Feel for a palpable nodule and comment on the size, mobility, consistency, and fixation to the overlying skin or underlying structures. Make sure to ask the patient if the gland is tender to palpation, and don't forget to auscultate the thyroid for any possible brewery. Before moving on to your lymph node exam, be aware some patients may not have a palpable thyroid nodule, even when one has been identified on imaging. The ability to identify a thyroid nodule on a physical exam is affected by its size, location, expertise of the examiner, and the patient's neck anatomy. The first step in investigating a thyroid nodule is to order a TSH. This will create a fork in the road, one path for low TSH and another for normal to high TSH level. If the TSH level is low, this implies the thyroid nodule could be functional. Order a free T4, free T3, and a thyroid radioiodine uptake and scan, RAIU, to assess for the location and functionality of one or more functioning nodules. These nodules do not usually require biopsy. If the TSH is normal to high, it is a non-functioning nodule, or cold nodule, which carries a higher risk for thyroid cancer. The next step is ordering the thyroid ultrasound and perform a fine needle aspiration, FNA, if the nodule shows features concerning for thyroid cancer. That said, how do we know when to biopsy a nodule? Current guidelines do not recommend FNA for any nodule less than 1 cm in size. For high-risk nodules greater than 1 cm in size, FNA is indicated. High-risk features on ultrasound include marked hypoechogenicity compared to surrounding structures, irregular borders, 
shape taller than wide, evidence of microcalcifications, and any extrathyroidal extension. Overall, high-risk nodules carry a 70-90% to risk of malignancy. For low-risk nodules, biopsy is indicated at sizes larger than 1.5 cm. With regards to additional testing of thyroid nodules, it is only required in specific circumstances. There is no recommendation for routine screening with T3, T4, calcitonin levels, thyroglobulin, or anti-TPO antibodies. Most thyroid nodules are clinically insignificant and do not require intervention. It should be noted that an urgent surgical referral is necessary for all nodules causing strider, vocal cord paralysis, or other obstructive symptoms. The first priority in these cases is to address the ABCs and stabilize the patient for urgent surgical management. In all other cases, the investigations carried out above will allow you to determine what type of nodule you are working with and apply the appropriate management plan. For hot nodules on the radioiodine uptake scan, no FNA is indicated and the patient can be managed with either radioiodine treatment, medical therapy with antithyroid drugs such as methimazole, or surgical resection of the gland. Treatment is dependent on the patient's preferences and discussion about risks and benefits of each option. An endocrinologist should be involved for ongoing management of a functioning nodule. If the patient chooses surgical resection or thyroid ablation, the patient will likely need thyroid replacement therapy on an ongoing basis. For cold nodules, the results of the fine needle aspiration are reported according to the Bethesda classification system. Each category carries a risk of malignancy and will determine the management plan for the nodule. Decisions about further treatment should involve an endocrinologist to determine if repeat biopsy, repeat imaging, molecular testing, or surgical consultation is the appropriate path. In summary, benign nodules require repeat imaging to ensure stability. Non-diagnostic or indeterminate results recommend repeat FNA or molecular testing, and nodules highly suspicious for thyroid cancer will need a surgical referral and oncology follow-up. Overall, thyroid cancer prognosis is favorable in most cases, carrying a 100% 5-year survival rate for local cancer, 98% survival rate for regional spread cancers, and 54% survival rate for distant spread cancers. Medullary thyroid cancer, MTC, accounts for approximately 3-5% of all thyroid cancers and usually presents as a thyroid nodule. Due to lack of symptoms associated with their early stages, most patients have distant metastases at diagnosis. While the current guidelines advise against routine screening for medullary thyroid cancer with serum calcitonin levels, it is recommended that individuals at risk for MTC undergo biochemical screening and thyroid gland surveillance with thyroid ultrasound. Most notably, individuals with multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2, MEN2, should be screened due to 100% penetrance of medullary thyroid cancer in this population with the mutated M2A-B gene. Calcitonin is a hormone produced by the parafollicular C-cells of the thyroid gland and is more sensitive in early detection of MTC compared to fine needle aspiration. However, there are multiple factors resulting in wide variability of serum calcitonin levels. A recent study in 2018 evaluated use of procalcitonin as a more sensitive and reliable marker to screen for MTC.
Procalcitonin is the precursor to calcitonin and is found in low levels in healthy adults. High levels of procalcitonin are secondary to extrathyroidal production during severe inflammation. Testing techniques for procalcitonin have been reported as being more consistent while remaining sensitive to the detection of MTC. The study concluded that procalcitonin measurement was an accurate and reliable alternative to calcitonin measurement for suspected cases of medullary thyroid cancer. As these are new findings, they are not yet reflected in the guidelines, but should still be considered for the proper patient population. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled, A Bump in the Road, Approaching the Thyroid Nodule. This episode was written by Dr. Samantha Bruzisi, internal medicine resident, Dr. Sarah Awad, endocrinologist, and Dr. Laura Mercote, general internal medicine. The Internetwork series was created by Allison Lai, developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This podcast was produced by Nathan Dupik and recorded by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman Zavantha Mohan. If you liked this podcast, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.